for a lot of women, I was the go-to person, which was great. I thought to myself, I finally achieved that. I finally am someone who, a rock that women can lean on. And to my surprise, <laughs> the, the sweet spot didn't last very long. Hello, fellow risk takers, and welcome to my worst investment ever. Stories of loss to keep you winning. In our community, we know that to win in investing, you must take risk, but to win big, you've got to reduce it. This is Andrew Stotts of A Stotts Academy, where we help people facing four different challenges. Investors who want to better manage their stock portfolio, aspiring professionals who want to learn how to value any company in the world, business leaders who want to make their companies financially world-class, and even beginners who just want to learn how to implement a simple lifetime investment plan. Join us for free at myworstinvestmentever.com slash academy and get instant access to my course. It's a short one and it's called Six Ways to Lose Your Money and Six Strategies to Win. And this comes from the six common mistakes that I have learned from more than 250 episodes of My Worst Investment Ever. So now on with the show. Again, this is your worst podcast host, Andrew Stotts, and I'm here with featured guests, Ella Stanyak. Ella, are you ready to rock? Let's rock and roll, baby. Exactly. We are going to do that. I want to introduce you to the audience because there's some, some fascinating things about you that I've enjoyed learning. And so I hope the audience can appreciate that too. So Ella was born in Poland and her challenging upbringing was a speed lesson in life. At 21, she moved to Australia and began working first in the fitness industry before embarking on a journey through online and corporate coaching. She studied fitness, sports coaching, neuro-linguistic programming, hypnotherapy, public speaking, intuitive coaching, and attended countless professional development events. Ella is the founder and CEO of Feminine Leaders, which creates a pathway for women to rise and find their place as a true leader in this world. Ella partners with CEOs and executives and business owners to produce high caliber business results and to access their personal creative genius. I love that. Ella, take a minute and fill in any further tidbits about your life. Thank you so much. I am so excited to be here and thank you so much for your kind introduction. It is so pleasant to hear things about ourselves, which we have accomplished. <laughs> so thank you. Feels good. Yeah, look at... That's right. It feels good. Look, today I live in Sydney, an amazing place in Australia. And I like to say that my journey has been so rich in experiences, whether in personal life or my career. Pretty much you summed it all up really, really well. Definitely my upbringing had its challenges growing up in Poland. And I grew up with a father who had an alcohol addiction. But I was fortunate enough that I had a very positive, strong female figure in my mother. So ultimately, my mother is an inspiration for everything which I do today in women empowerment space. Mm. And look, moving first to Ireland and then to Australia was definitely an adventure, but also an eye-opening experience. I became hungry to learn more and that hunger actually never stopped. So those countless professional and personal development programs and courses and everything that I have invested in myself really has brought me to this moment here today where I 
I know exactly who I am, what I came here to this <laughs> earth, to this planet to do, to accomplish. And I bring a combination of my experiences, my educational background, also to my, well, now in, in a state of global pandemic to online coaching and to my event space. So mm. it definitely has been a journey. That's exciting. And, you know, one of the things that I've learned over the years is that our biggest challenges become our biggest value that we end up adding. You know, if we are willing to deal with it, to, to live with it, to, to grow through it, it can be, you know, something that we really, really can bring to the world. And I also think that is the overcoming of some of our biggest challenges that makes us a reliable, trustworthy person like this person can get me to where I want to go. And I think that that's part of what we explore on this podcast is to, to go through those struggles and weaknesses and reevaluate them and reevaluate our mistakes. But in the end, I would much rather hire a person who is willing to go through their mistakes and struggles and say, here's what I did wrong and here's what I learned than someone who claims to not have any. So <laughs> welcome to the show. <laughs> We have one other thing in common too, which is that I have a, I have a very strong mother influence from my mother, who is, I would say, a, a woman who had a, a vision that her objective as a mother was to make her kids independent. So at the age of 18, they could go out and survive in this world. And she did that successfully. And so I know that the feeling of the feeling that I had, at least that I think there was times that I resisted her, of course, there was times that I didn't appreciate all of that. But as I look back now, I realize that she pushed me to the edge. She pushed me, you know, like a, like a mother in a, a bird's nest. If you watch, you know, eventually it's like, you got to go, you got to fly. And they kick that bird out and the bird makes it. And that's what my mom was tougher. I think my dad was much more, much more chilled on that. He wasn't, he wasn't going to probably do that, but she had that vision. So we have that in common. <laughs> Amazing. Yeah. So, well, now it's time to share your worst investment ever. And since no one ever, ever, ever goes into their worst investment thinking it will be, tell us a bit about the circumstances leading up to it and then tell us your story. Sure. Thank you. I am really excited to talk about this because there are so many lessons in it, but we will get to lessons a little bit later on. As I just mentioned earlier, it was probably in my mid-20s when I realized that I wanted to completely redesign my life. I wanted to create an amazing health for myself, loving relationship. I knew I wanted to have a family and I wanted to have a business which could serve women all over the world. And I wanted to have a unstoppable, unlimited freedom in my choices. So in saying that, I decided that the smartest thing to do would be to hire a coach. And that never stopped. I invested so much time, effort, and of course, finance into various business coaching programs. Now, because it all pretty much happened in the last five years, most of my business coaches would have practiced all sorts of advertising and marketing strategies on Facebook. And so at first I was so technologically challenged coming from fitness background. All I did was being with people very kinesthetically in a very connective way in face to face. I could feel the energy. I could feel and really connect to a person. So 
wanting to be able to work with people, especially women all over the world, I knew that I needed to figure out technology. And so I dived in <laughs> into automation, into marketing, heavily on Facebook, right? Making long story short, after years of challenges, I finally figured it out. I became, I became a lover of technology. I found my comfort I, to the point that now, today, I actually teach it to other people. <laughs> so it definitely has been a great journey. Now, I probably invested under $100,000 in various personal development programs, business coaching programs, and that's amazing. <laughs> I also probably invested under $10,000 in Facebook marketing. And finally, this year, I found my sweet spot in business. I created that the social media presence on Facebook, and I was initially the go-to person for weight loss, for hypnotherapy, for finding that empowerment within. So if you could use hashtag women empowerment, for a lot of women, I was the go-to person, which was great. I thought to myself, I finally achieved that. I finally am someone who women can lean, lean a rock that women can lean on. And <laughs> to my surprise, <laughs> is it getting exciting? The sweet, spot <laughs> the, the sweet spot didn't last very long. <laughs> flows of, of business are amazing in june this year i woke up one morning and my son was only at that point four months old and i found an email that there was a suspicious logging activity on my account in facebook and i have to go and verify my identity making long story short that verification was authorization and verification was rejected. My accounts got completely deleted and disabled. <laughs> oh my God. So I, For the listener out so there, lost, my head is collapsing onto my desk. <laughs> there's more to it. I, so just to build a picture of the gravity of business, which I had, I had just under 5,000 connections on my personal profile nearly 11,000 connections on my business page. My business page is connected to my Instagram, which got nearly 6,000 connections. I was running two different Facebook groups. One of them had 1,600 women in there, also from all over the world, from India, from Africa, from US, from Australia. And at first I went into shock, complete denial and disbelief, and I, I I thought to myself, the first few hours, I thought, this cannot be. Surely I can get this back. I haven't done anything wrong. Of course, there must be a way to contact this huge platform, which has got such monopoly of the market in terms of the influence. So I've tried and tried and tried. And eventually the comments started coming up that this has been verified, reviewed, and it's been rejected. And so there is no point to, <laughs> to try it anymore. It definitely was a shock. At first I cried and I thought, the first thought which crossed my mind was the years of work, sleepless nights, 18 hour days, 
those moments of tears, moments of giving up and continuously pursuing and persisting and building the business on Facebook and Instagram mostly. I thought, is it all gone? <laughs> so I definitely was in shock and there was just definitely a moment of disbelief. Mm. Now, the second thought that I had was, okay, Ella, nothing is ever the end of the world. You have been in this place before. You have been in the place where you thought that everything was in brackets taken away from you and you, you know what to do now. Look for the options. What can you do here? I, for myself, needed to find freedom of choice here. And so I said to myself, I asked myself, what, what am I going to do here? What am I going to do? And I thought of the conversation, which I had literally 12 hours earlier to that event with my VA and my dear friend, who also is a business partner to one of the branches of my business where we do business coaching for business owners, mostly in, in service-based industry. And I remembered the conversation. I remembered the words I said. I said to them, I am ready to go big. I am ready to fully step in and be the leader of my life. And I am ready to go to that next level. Enough of playing small. I am going big. And then the lights go out. Okay. Yeah. Now it's time to prove it. <laughs> exactly. Thank you very much. And that's what I said to myself. I said, I asked for this. Well, I'm in the middle of the ocean. I said, swim, girlfriends, just swim. And so I contacted my VA. I said, listen, I just checked up different, different phrases on, you know, on Google. I've, I have this phrase bouncing in my mind and it has been there for a long time, feminine leadership. She says to me, why are you so excited? Why aren't you panicking? And I said, no, no, I panicked, but I'm over that now. What I want to do now is I've already purchased a domain. I need you to transfer my all website onto that new domain. We're going to feminine leadership. And she said, Ella, are you okay? And I said, yes, let's go. Let's do this. She said, okay, I am really worried. And I said, let's not worried. Let's not be worried. Let's, let's just do this. We're going to listen to my intuition. I wanted this. We're, we're going to make it work. And so this is how actually Feminine Leaders was born. So I completely rebranded. I changed my business name and I took a few shorter programs, which I was running in the past, and I glued them together into a six months self-leadership mastermind program for women who are in executive positions, women who are very career focused and women who now feel like they have lost a part of themselves and they want that body, mind and soul alignment. So most of my clients come to me with a problem in the relationship that they have developed with themselves. A lot of my clients come actually to me with relationship problems. And a lot of my clients come to me feeling like they have stepped into a huge degree of a masculine energy and now want to connect to their feminine energy and take their businesses to the next level, their personal relationships to the next level. And they just want to feel good in their own skin mm. in doing all that. So there it is. It definitely yeah. was a bad investment. <laughs> so, so let me ask you, what lessons did you learn? So many. 
I'm pretty sure within the next three days, I actually did a massive post about this on LinkedIn and mm. and Instagram. I don't know how, but I can still access my Instagram, even though that I was using my Facebook logins to mm. access Instagram. The biggest lesson that I really want to share with the whole world is this. When you are creating a business, have multiple lead generation systems and have multiple platforms which you use to serve your network, your clientele. Mm. Now, I was lucky enough that I did have a few different platforms. I had an email list. I have my different platform called Meetup, where which I used to run my networking nights for women through. I had, as I said, Instagram. So I still had a little bit of a soft spot to fall onto, but the reality is that 90% of my business was coming from Facebook. Mm. So definitely lesson number one, multiple lead generation systems. Lesson number two, if you want to run a business, an organization or be in a managerial position, practice flexibility and adaptation and just live by it because challenges, whether it's in business or personal life, never end and never stop. So as soon as you, you feel like you have reached the comfort and things are flowing, flowing easily and you are moving forward, amazing, enjoy the state of flow, but be ready. Because when you, when you want more growth in different areas of your life, challenges will come because we can only learn by overcoming challenges. And you said that at the beginning mm. of the show. Yep, yep. And it reminds me, uh, you said flexibility and adaptation. And I thought about your fitness background and thinking, actually, you know, physically, that's a huge part of physical fitness is flexibility, but also adaptation of your muscles and all that. And it also made me think about how I'd love the, in Bangkok, the airport here, it faces north-south. And sometimes when I go to the airport, I take off going north. Sometimes I take off going south and it seems very confusing. How could they manage, you know, flights coming in and out and, and coming in and out in different ways like that. But then I, real, I learned that when the winds shift and the wintertime comes, the winds come from China, from the north. And so they have to take off into the wind. So they take off to the north. And when the winds shift and the monsoon season comes and the winds come from India and up from the Indian Ocean, then they have to switch and go taking off from the south. And then that's when you learn that, yes, you rise with resistance. You know, it is that challenge that you need. A plane rises because of the headwinds that it faces. Let me summarize a few things I take away from what you've said. You know, you mentioned something at the beginning that's actually kind of interesting and you didn't go through it, but I think it's a fascinating idea, which is just the idea of like connecting over Zoom. You know, you were saying how you first started, it was a very physical eye to eye, face to face, you know, and, and we all have been at that point. And now we're kind of forced to connect through Zoom. And, and really it's very hard to judge other people and all that stuff. So that's a fascinating challenge that it reminded me of and, and how do we deal with that as a society? Or as I've seen in Thailand, as we've gone, you know, the lockdown is pretty much over and people are back to normal. And you realize that I, I had two different executive MBA courses, groups, 
the first group that I did, I taught the same course to these two groups. The first was all online because it was right in the heat of the, the crisis. And the second one was live. So I asked the live students, you know, we had a, we had a day, we had to make up a day and I'm like, look, we got a really tight schedule. But the good news is I have all that material online. So I can just give you that course online for that day and you can do it from home and the university will allow it. And they said, no way, we wanna be together. And I was like, okay, so yeah, people don't really wanna communicate by Zoom, but that's, a, you know, that's an interesting challenge. The second thing that you reminded me of is the interview. I think it was Sean Penn that I saw on uh, Jay Leno or Johnny Carson or whatever, the, one of these late night things. And he was talking about, oh, I heard that your house recently burnt down. He said, yeah, I, I was like arriving home and my house was burnt to the ground. And, and he said, every single thing I owned was in there. Every photograph of my youth, every photograph of my family, every heirloom, everything was in there. And he said, my God, how do you feel? He said, great. It's like, I have no burden. And, you know, that's, I thought about that as I was listening to your story is that when you were shut down, it's gone. There's no choice. So you've got to find the new way and you embrace that. And then the last thing is something that I was kind of just thinking about and you made me think more about it since we've been talking. I was recently watching a Facebook post that someone did and they had a video of a girl doing boxing. And, you know, everyone was like, yeah, go girl. You know, and it was like girl power and all that. And that, you know, very impressive. I would never box with this woman for sure. But I asked myself the question, which I don't have the answer to, but I said, does female empowerment mean being more like men? Does that, is that what that means? Or is it being more like women? I didn't, I, I kind of like thought that for a moment. I'm just curious. Those are my takeaways from what you shared. Is there anything you'd add or any, any points that you would make of that? Yeah, sure. Look, I do believe, and, and funny enough, I use hashtag feminism on LinkedIn all the time. I believe where women empowerment was born was simply long time ago where, well, to a degree, we still deal with this and we still need a lot of education on equality in between men and women, not only in the workplaces, but generally in life. Now, you know, decades ago, women simply, we wanted equal rights. We wanted a, a right to vote, to wear pants, to do the same activities, to work. And so this is, it's such a old space when you think about, well, old, let's say decades, right? Mm. Maybe hundred years, right? Yep. So now where I am today, so in the modern world, I have experienced this myself and 90% of my clients is experienced that too. Somewhere in late 90s, I believe, we, when we really entered, we women entered the workplaces and really began achieving great successes in the workplaces. I know that we faced and we still do a lot of resistance, especially in male dominant industries. We felt and now we feel still like in order to be acknowledged and in order to be treated equally, we nearly put ourselves in that race with, with men. We became more masculine in the workplace in order to have the same rights, in order to be treated equally. Now, I'm totally generalizing here. I'm just talking about the repetitive pattern, which I have discovered. 
Now, the problem with this is, is that when we become more masculine and shut down our feminine energy, which both energies are amazing and they're not determined by, by gender, we actually shut down our talents and we shut down our natural, our natural attributes, which is nurturing, gathering, connection to others and self, state of flow, multitasking. And we replace that with a lot of masculine features, which are single task oriented, very determined, very single task focused. <laughs> See, it's important to know where to draw from different energy, masculine and feminine, for men and women. The problem for, for us women a lot of the time it's, is, is that when we stay in a masculine energy for a long period of time, throughout the day, throughout the week, throughout the years, throughout, throughout our lifetime, that becomes our new normal, a definition of normal. And we take that to our personal relationships. We take that, we take those behavioral operational systems and apply them to every single area of our life. So we actually take our natural sense of empowerment away from it. Mm. Look, to tell you the truth, I've seen and I've met amazing women who are so comfortable in their feminine women who are amazing leaders, business owners, leading teams, achieve amazing success, all right? I met women who are very comfortable in their masculine and loved it. There was no problems with it. Mm. I met men who are very much in their masculine. Some of them hated it. Some of them found themselves very comfortable in it and achieved whatever they wanted in their life. And I met men who are very connected to their feminine traits and love it. So it's really about what works for you. Are you applying your behavioral patterns in a way that those you can create what you want in your career and your personal life, or are you not? So this is when I come in and I teach that to, yes, women in corporate, but I also teach that to, to men in corporate world. Mm. So I guess the message that I take away from that is try to be more of yourself, to be more of what... You know, you said something also previously, which is that you found your place on this earth. And that's part of it is that it's, it's, it's that it's finding your place. And that could be feminine, that could be masculine. But for the ultimate empowerment, the ultimate satisfaction in life is to say, I am where I'm supposed to be and I'm happy to be here. And that's hard for all of us, male or female. <laughs> so I think that's a, that's a great challenge to the audience really is to think about the challenge of, am I happy where I am right now? And, you know, and what would I change? And what do I really want in my day-to-day -day interactions and in the things that I do, you know, in my life? So I think that's something that I learned from you. So I appreciate that. Yay. Amazing. Yep. I'm so glad. Yeah, I appreciate that. All right. So based on what you learned from this story and what you continue to learn, what one action would you recommend our listeners take to avoid suffering the same fate? And I mean, this is like a great, this is a very real question because myself, I'm thinking about, because I'm thinking about my connection with my different Facebook groups and we've got great connections. If that was just shut off, they'd be like, where what happened? You know, like, so I'm really, really want to want you to think about what would be the one piece of advice that you would give to myself and others to avoid suffering this fate? Sure. 
I would say expand your thinking, expand your consciousness. What I mean by this is if your vision possibly is quite, and for, this happens to all of us, all of us have a tunnel vision until we decide to actually be able to see more and have a peripheral vision. What I would really encourage you to do is, as I mentioned earlier, use multiple platforms to provide your network, your clients, your, uh, let's say your network with multiple availabilities to access to whatever you offer. Yep. So now, for example, I use platform like Kajabi. I'm still on Instagram. I, I've got my email list. I'm on LinkedIn. I'll probably launch a new group on LinkedIn now. So if one thing is taken away from you or if one thing stops working or, you know, who knows, maybe, maybe sooner than later, we might have a massive technological crash. Mm. You never know what's coming next. We cannot predict it. So if you can for yourself as a business owner, but also for those people who you are serving, if you can create those safety nets, many of them, I think you are just serving yourself and others to a greater degree. And that ultimately puts you in a, in a winning position in the game of business. You know, it's, uh, it's exciting because it's something that I teach because I do some coaching with and, and, helping companies and CEOs and management teams to make their companies more valuable and value is different from profit. You know, you could have a company, let's say Amazon that lost money for 10 years, but they were creating value and that value later became realized. And in the world of finance, if we take one of those complicated finance formulas and I break it down as I do for my students and my clients, and I basically say there's four things that drive the value of a business. There's just four things. There's only four things. So, and I usually stand up in front of them and I turn around and I show them my butt. Now, not my whole butt, but you know, just my butt, meaning my jeans or whatever. And they, first of all, they're shocked. Like what kind of teacher would get up and go, what's that? And they go, you know, butt, ass. And I say, okay, what that is, is my rear. And I use the acronym REAR because the four drivers of value, and I tell people that they're never going to forget what the four drivers of value in the world of finance are. Number one, revenue, increase it. Number two, expense, decrease it. Number three, assets, decrease it or get more out of the existing assets that you have. And number four is risk, reduce it. And what you're teaching today is the idea of how do we reduce risks by expanding our distribution channels and making sure that we have multiple points of contact with our various audiences. And so that fits the theme of this podcast pretty darn well, because this is the number one risk management podcast. And you've just taught us a very important lesson. Yes. So, all right, last question. What's your number one goal for the next 12 months? I cannot wait. And I am so excited. I'm envisioning this every single day. When our beautiful world and our society finally overcomes COVID, I cannot wait to launch my biggest women empowerment event that there will be, the biggest one I've, I've done so far. I'm hoping that this is a goal for the next 12 months. Now, if I have to stretch it to the next 24, that's fine, I'll adapt. So my biggest goal is definitely just that an amazing transformational experience for women where they can come in and I'll be using all my ammunition of intuitive coaching, hypnotherapy, 
even experiences which I've had in fitness industry to give women basic understanding of their psychology, provide them with the experience of feeling, of letting go of the past and making peace with the past, experiencing the now and creating the future and providing them with ultimate connection to others. I see thousands of women in the room. That's, that's what I see. Beautiful. <laughs> I'll better start planning now, right? You know, when you said, you know, to break free from the past, that's, I just teared up a little bit because I think that, you know, we all have that. And we when we finally let go and break free from the past, it's a beautiful world out there. It's a beautiful world out there. So beautiful. I love your goal. It's a beautiful world. Yeah. Thank you so much. Yeah. All right. Well, listeners, there you have it. Another story of loss to keep you winning. Remember to go to myworstinvestmentever.com slash academy to get access to the short course called Six Ways to Lose Your Money and Six Strategies to Win. As we conclude, Ella, I want to thank you again for coming on the show. And on behalf of ASTOTS Academy, I hereby award you alumni status for turning your worst investment ever into your best teaching moment. Do you have any parting words for the audience? You made it. Thank you so much. My final words is remember this. You are the one and only CEO of your life. So take your life by the horns and write it. Beautiful, beautiful. And that's a wrap on another great story to help us create, grow, and most importantly, protect our well fellow risk takers. This is Andrew Stotts, your worst podcast host, saying I'll see you on the upside.